Welcome to Sebastopol City Limits, a podcast. We'll be talking to folks inside and outside the Sebastopol City Limits about local government, education, and culture. I'm Dale Doherty with the Sebastopol Times. I'm happy to have Carmen Snyder join us on Sebastopol City Limits. Carmen is executive director of Farm Trails, and you've been there since 2012. Is that right? I have. I have been the executive director of Farm Trails and the producer of the Gravenstein Apple Fair since the fall of 2012. So it's wow. near. So that, you- that's great. That's the 50th anniversary of, of the Gravenstein Apple Fair, uh, which ages all of us. We'll ask a, a, a little bit about that. The, the basic information, though, the Gravenstein Apple Fair is, is coming up August 12th and 13th at Regal Park in Sebastopol. I, first question, are the Gravensteins going to cooperate and be ripe for the fair? Yes, they are. Are they? You've made that happen. That's I, got the chief job, isn't it? The Gravenstein is certainly the star of the show. And I have been getting inquiries of people being a little bit nervous. It's a late serve harvest this year, but I have been assured that we will have Gravensteins galore. And I actually saw in the flesh my first Gravensteins today. Well, that's, that's I, have them, I have them in hand. So that's great. There's nothing like a fresh grabbing the steam so uh, people can look forward to that. What are you most excited about for the fair? Uh, I'm really excited about this milestone of the 50th anniversary. We're really going with it with the golden anniversary theme. We have a costume contest for Sunday afternoon. We're encouraging and inviting all ages to come be dazzled and sparkly and gold. I'm actually exactly as old as the fair, and it's been so fun to go back through the archives and to do the flashbacks through each of the decades. I actually saw for the first time yesterday a picture of the very first Gravenstein Apple Fair at Imanji and the apple installations that people used to do. And so it feels really special to commemorate this anniversary and to not only Um, look at the past, but also we feel happy that we've made it this far, that we've continued to produce this beloved community event. We've got some some interesting panel discussions happening. Clark Wolf always moderates panelists' conversations at Life on the Farm. And on Saturday, it's going to be looking at the last 50 years of food and farming and agriculture in Sonoma County. And Sunday is going to be focusing on the young farmers and the new farmers farming. So I think it's a really interesting intersection and inflection point to be looking back and also looking forward at the same time. To be just sitting happily right here, knowing that Farm Trails has been up to this for five decades. And that it is the agricultural heritage, but it's still a a, a living thing today, right? Oh, absolutely. Part of the magic of the fair is that there's some nostalgia and kind of the vintage elements, the old-fashioned things that you just don't see very often, like sharing and goat milking demos and ag games and pie eating contests and pie baking contests and the things that have been part of the roots of the fair for so long. And I do feel like the fair really has a modern sensibility, too. For instance, we are being recognized quite a lot as a a leader in zero waste for large events. Last year, for 14,000 people, the fair only produced three cubic yards of waste for the landfill. That's like the back of a pickup truck. I am very excited about the. We have an amazing team working on this, and it takes a lot of people. What are some of the things you do to... Korean zero waste event. 
Sure. One of the first things we do is it's garbage in, garbage out. So it all starts at the source. So we have very strict requirements for our food vendors or anybody who's serving or sampling any food. They have to comply with our requirements. We have a partnership with World Centric and we're able to offer discounted, truly compostable serviceware to them or they can bring their own. So we have a lot of control over what's being served at the fair and therefore what's being discarded at the fair. Then the second piece of the equation is to have staffed, we call them greening stations or there really are zero waste stations. So when we are setting up on site, we remove all the trash cans that are at the park. So there's not an option to just throw something in a trash can. We have these staffed eco stations and they have various receptacles and the, our volunteers guide people through the process. Say that you have gotten a fabulous BLT sandwich from Black Piglet and you've got some crumbs left or crust. The first thing you would do is scrape it into the pig food bin. Any food that's fit for pigs is first, first goes to the pig food and the, and the volunteers talk you through all this and help you figure out how to sort your discards. We invested last year in real silverware, which we loaned to the food vendors and then it comes back to us and we wash it in a commercial kitchen. So then you have a a place to drop your silverware. Your plate is fully, or your boat or whatever, your bowl is fully compostable. So the compost doesn't look like the compost in your backyard because the food has been scraped off. So it's just really a lot of dense paper. There might be some recycling because we do allow vendors to sell like lemonade or tea out of number two plastic cups that can be recycled, but not the cups that say compostable because that's not compostable in our local facility. So we're really strict about that. There might be some cans. Lastly is the trash that goes to the landfill. And really most of the trash, the actual trash that gets created is like plastic wrap from the food vendors, like from bulk packaging, but it's very little trash. It's a lot of pig food. And we also invested in glassware. So all of the alcoholic beverages that are served throughout the fair, the beer, wine, and craft cider, you can bring your own cup or you can purchase a glass at cost. So we're not trying to make any profit off of it, but we're not serving plastics at any of our drink stations. Hmm. I asked you what you're excited about, but what are you most worried about given the few days till the event? There's always the unexpected that you can't plan for. Like one time our porta potty showed up and they didn't have any toilet paper in them. And that was like, oh my gosh. So I guess I'm worried about the unknown, the things that are beyond your control. And I sure hope we don't have a scorcher. We have invested this year in a lot of shade structures. Last year was really very warm. It was. And so, I'm, I guess I'm worried about that too. Like I'd love to have the temperature be in the eighties. That would just be grand. We've got lots of drinking. You're also a music festival. And my take from last year is that people really enjoyed just sitting down and listening to music under the oak trees there. Oh, it's such a good music lineup. Yeah. Any highlights? The headliners on Saturday are Rainbow Girls and followed by the Sam Chase and the Untraditional. And the headliners on Sunday are Royal Jelly Jive and Poor Man's Whiskey. Okay. And we also have The Crux. We have La Agencia. We have Erica Ambrun and the Eclectic Soul Project. We've got 
Reckless Strangers, Wild Catahoulas, Cajun, Ekishola. The Love Choir always starts off on Sunday morning. I feel well, like I'm yeah. forget that. It's, it's all right. <laughs> it's Follow on your level. website. People can yes, find that. Follow on the website. The other element, I think what makes the fair run is volunteers, right? You uh, have a lot of volunteers. It takes so many volunteers. Our planning team is called the Apple Corps, and we meet every month of the year. And now we're meeting much more frequently. And that's about 40 people that are actively involved in the planning and really dedicated to this event, which is just super inspiring to me to see how much our community contributes. Then the weekend of the fair, we have over 500 volunteer shifts. There are a lot of moving pieces, and it really does take a, a big crew to have it run smoothly. Yeah. Are you expecting more people than last year? I think that we'll have about the same. You had a good crowd. We're, we're pretty year. steady. Yeah. 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 At 14 to 15,000. That seems yeah. to. Now, you, you've lost a parking lot, right? That one is usually a pristine soccer field, and we don't park on that. That's the valet bike parking spot. So we're bumping the bike parking to the adjacent lot. We do have parking on site is limited and premium, and we do charge $10 cash for that. We also have two free shuttles that are running all the time from the satellite locations at O'Reilly Media on 116 and Holy Ghost Hall on Mill Station. You can bike. Yeah. If you're local, please. Great idea to bike or walk. Yeah. Uh, and, of course, if you have a, re a regional parks pass, we honor those. We don't charge on top of that. Good. Uh, is there anything else we should touch upon? Yes, I think we should. When you asked me what I was excited about, it's definitely the 50th, but it's also something new that we're doing this year, which is in terms of the layout, we've created Apple Alley. It used to be that the Apple products were sprinkled throughout the whole fair. And this year we decided right when you come through the, the entrance, you'll see Dutton Ranch with their organic apples that you can buy by the pound or the bag or the ba box. And then all the way down the line, all the way to Farm Trails Fritters, to North Coast Apple Juice and Applesauce, we'll have amazing apple products. So it's really front and center, everything Gravenstein that you can appreciate because it's amazing apple and it's a short season. And this is the primary annual fundraiser for Farm Trails. So that's part of the organizing mission of this event to raise funds for all of Farm Trails operations and initiatives throughout the year. And it's, of course, to come together as a community and enjoy the park and, and to honor the Gravenstein. So, right. And tell me just a little bit more about what Farm Trails does apart from the fair. Sure. So, Farm Trails, we are a membership organization. So, we have almost 200 food and farm members. And it started back in 1973, like way before, obviously, internet and farmers markets. Mm -hmm. And these Farmers got together and wanted, there were all these amazing farm stands around the county, and they wanted to facilitate direct sales. They were really pioneers of the modern go local movement and also agritourism. So they printed this mapping guide and showed where the farm stands were and what they had to offer. And so we still print the mapping guide. We've printed the 50th anniversary edition this year and distribute it widely. It's free to the public. 30 years ago, this fall, we started producing seasonal tours because the landscape was changing and farmers were going to farmers markets more and not staffing up their farm stands all the time. So they weren't broadly open to the public the way they used to be. 
So we produce weekend along the farm trails in the fall. And then in the spring, blossoms, bees, and barnyard babies. So the end of the harvest season and the beginning of the season in the spring, <clears throat> where our farmers invite the public, free to the public, free to our farmers, and we just kind of market and produce the event uh, where you can get out on the farm trails and chart your own course. And you can meet the farmers directly. To me, the longer that I've been with farm trails, the more that I understand that agritourism Yes, it's about getting out in the country and enjoying the food and the animals and all of that, but it's also an education about what the true cost of well-grown food is and what everything that goes into it. I think it has people understand our food system and how they fit into it better. I hope that they come away feeling awed and grateful, awed by and grateful for their farmers. When you were in your early 20s, did you ever think you'd be organizing Events uh, like the Apple Fair? No, I was a middle school teacher. Were you? <laughs> Those are many events that you organize. But then I moved to an intentional farming community outside of Asheville, North Carolina. And I got involved with organizing the Southeastern Permaculture Gathering. And I got mm. to know my farmer neighbors really well. I was already into organic food just for kind of health conscious reasons, but it just opened up a whole nother level of connection and really wanting to support local farmers. When I moved out here, I wanted to meet my farmers and I got connected to farm trails and the rest That's is famous. history. Okay. It's like different interests of mine have converged with this, both with farm trails and the Gravenstein Apple Fair. And I love the non-commercial aspect of it. I love the programming element where we have Experts in the field teaching low-tech ways to make cider from your own trees or to ferment vegetables from your garden, which is something that I got really into in my mm -hmm. early. Mm -hmm. I like bringing this homesteading kind of backyard yeah. garden element. It's very nice to keep them. Uh, it's nice to see them locally and uh, pass that on to the next generation. Thank you, Carmen, for your time today. I know you're, oh, yeah, you've got a lot on your plate, you. and I'm glad it worked out for us to talk. Me too. I'm glad we got connected and it's good to see you and I hope I'll see you at the fair.